Welcome to Decaf on this gloomy Thursday. Mark, is it raining downtown? Because Creep Hall is dark. It is dark, not quite raining yet. It feels like it might start storming during this podcast, though. Oh, wow. It was storming so loud last night, I slept like a baby. Did, did, do you sleep better or worse when it storms? Um, I, I, think, I think better. And it's weird because, like, Sloan, a lot of dogs are terrible when it storms. She's actually okay. She's just annoying <laughs> generally. But, like, she, she doesn't get bothered when it storms. There's a lot of dogs. The best thing is... um. Every time it thunderstorms, Kira's family dog, it goes to the bathroom and like lays next to the toilet because it's scared. So every time there's a big thunderstorm, she just goes in there and just lays right next to the toilet. (laughs) That's so sad. My grandma's old cat used to go get in the bathtub when it stormed, I guess, because she felt like it was like an enclosed space and she was safe there. I don't know. But pets are weird, man. That's I mean, super weird. Yeah, that's so true. One of my friends has a dog and his dog goes up and gets in his closet when it's storming or like on the 4th of July when there's fireworks. Animals are weird, man. I'll just say that. Um, so we just posted a video on our Facebook. And if you're watching this, scroll down just a little bit to YouTube and you'll see a video that we just posted that has our CEO, Justin Owen, in there with the CEO or the executive director of Tennessee Um Tennessee Federation for Children, who I can never get that name right, um, Shaka Mitchell, they were talking about, and they're both attorneys, and they did an interview on the day of the ESA case oral arguments, and they were talking about the, the big difference in the two arguments. And if you watched it, which only a handful of us did, I feel like, because it lasted a really long time and it was very legally, and I personally enjoyed it, but not everyone I'm sure would. There was, you could tell just based on what people were saying, you didn't even have to know going into it who was on either side. You just had to listen to them for five minutes and you knew that the people on our side, on the school choice side, were talking about opportunities for children. And the people on the other side, the state side, were talking about, or the local, not even the state, the local side, were talking about funding and finances. And honestly, it's really, I don't know what the word is, Mark. Let me give you a word bank and you can pick the word. Is it disheartening? Is it infuriating? Is it heartbreaking? Is it all of the above to see people who are in charge of your kids' education not actually care about your kids? That's just, it's awful. Yeah, and I mean, it's not, they don't, but yeah, they they prefer systems. They're not as concerned about the students. They they are kind of concerned about the idea of a physical school um, where, you know, union members can, can th- like, then they are about the actual children, but Justin makes a good point. And it is a lot of it's disheartening, but the good thing is that the public opinion is on our side for this. A lot of States have done this. A lot of, you know, people on the left had talked about how important school choice was. And you're seeing as the pandemic, pandemic rages, school choice becomes more and more necessary. Um, you see States like New York, New Jersey, where people are leaving in droves to go to charter schools. Mm-hmm. And it's a, um, I think it's encouraging in that fact. I mean, we can always look at the bad things, but I think it's encouraging. I think it's good that we obviously believe this law is legal. That's why we're going there. And and it's important that Tennesseans get that choice. So I'm going to look on the bright side and I I feel optimistic and we are expecting decisions soon. Um, Something else that is going to be relevant is we have a new report coming out tomorrow to talk about how Tennessee is spending our current money uh, in education. And just as a kind of a giveaway, it's not good. So I think (laughs) that you'll... We've done a few of these before. I was actually talking to someone the other day about the funding model and how classroom spending and administrator spending, it's all off kilter. And so, you know, we can make a lot of philosophical arguments about why school choice is important, why it's important to give children an opportunity. But when people start to question us, we also can make the argument that things are not going well. 
financially. If you want to talk about finances, we can talk about that too. Um, and I just think that our side, the right, is on the right side when we talk about both finances and philosophical principle arguments of school choice. Like I don't. Again, it's not everyone on the right, and it's not because I mean, there's a lot of people on the right who, who aren't, aren't on the right side in school choice. But it's like it's a it's a bipartisan issue, and I think that when you look at the school spending report, which is really interesting. It shows that the call for just like, oh, we need more money. That's not the problem. The problem is the money that we're spending does not go where it needs to go. A lot of it goes to administration and superintendents and not to you know, students and in the classroom. But then the second issue is that this, like there's such a discrepancy from what people think is spent on schools compared to what actually is spent. Most people, I think the average cost they thought is about $2,500 to, to educate a child it's almost 12,000. So when people understand the amount spent, like nobody really gets how much money is spent and how poorly it's being used. So that's why this is a great report. And it kind of goes with our arguments for school choice. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for this report. We'll post it. If I'm thinking of like our Facebook timeline or you're watching this, just scroll up a little bit tomorrow and you'll see it posted um, and, uh, and check it out because our team worked really hard on it. There's a lot of good information. You will enjoy it, I promise. Um, so let's zoom out from Tennessee a little bit and talk about what's going on in the rest of the world. I have been um, embarrassingly, I will, I will admit, crying at my kitchen table over what's going on in Afghanistan because there is just no end in sight to what is happening. And you can make a lot of arguments. I've heard a lot of arguments. I've made a lot of arguments myself about could this have been done better? What could have been done better? Why are we shifting blame onto this person or that person when the reality of the situation is this is a humanitarian crisis. You've got Americans on the ground in Afghanistan that are not being taken care of. You've got women and children in Afghanistan who I saw a photo from the 1970s of women in Afghanistan. They were wearing skirts and high heels and they had their hair fixed. And now the Taliban are coming in and saying cover up or you'll lose your head, essentially. Um, even CNN, the day before the collapse, their reporter was there in a cute red top. And then the day after the collapse, she was fully covered. And so it, you can't make an argument that things are fine because they are far from it. And um, there's a lot of groups out there that are taking up donations, any type of money, any type of assistance to get Americans out, to get women and children to a safe place. But I mean, this is dire. This is this is about as bad as anything that I could imagine. Yeah, it's awful. And it's hard to, I think it's hard because I don't know the answer. I don't know what the answers oh. are to this. And, and it was interesting because I feel like we have really, you know, kind of hammered a lot of the mainstream me media nationally. But from the jump of this, CNN, MSNBC, these, you know, liberal networks have kind of have been pretty rough on, on President Biden for the way he did this. That they, they haven't, you know, a lot of times you feel like they defend the Democratic and Democrat in office and they didn't. And Jake Tapper was really hard on him. And it's interesting because some people on the left are trying to move the goalposts. We're not arguing about whether they should have been pulled out or not. That's not the discussion. The discussion is how they were pulled out. Exactly. And I mean, yeah, you're gonna have some people say, oh, we should never leave. And that's fine. But that the discussion has been the ineffectiveness for how they were pulled out and be the just complete, I, I don't know if ignorance is the right word, but just the, the fact that Biden administration had, had no idea it was going to happen. They actually said the opposite was going to happen. So I think that's really where the discussion comes in. And I'll be the first to say, I am not an expert on foreign policy. I don't know what the answer is. I, I mean, I would think that if you're going to do that, you would make sure that there'd be some kind of stabilization there. It doesn't seem like the Biden administration did it. Mm -hmm. um, but as much as you want to blame him, 
there was a lot of other administrations that were part of this. I mean, really from, you know, Bush, Obama. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think it's a tough situation and it, it makes, in my opinion, outside of politics, it just kind of makes President Biden look incompetent. And especially because what he said was the opposite of what happened. And clearly he was not prepared for this. And his his approval ratings have taken a huge dip as a as a result of this. And as they should. I mean, you know, I, I say a lot of times when I'm arguing with my friends about politics, we just have a fundamental disagreement on the role of government. But based on my idea of the role of government, it's to keep Americans safe. That's really all I'm here for. I can I can make an argument for the government being out of pretty much anything except for keeping us safe. And so when his job is to keep us safe and now you've got um, the, the collapse happened faster than anyone thought it would. But you've got unsafe, at risk Americans and people all over the world who, from just a human standpoint, if we're just being humans and caring about people in the world, and you've got women and children who are being threatened, can't leave their homes, American church planters and missionaries who are over there hiding in their basements. That's what I've been seeing a lot of on my Instagram. It's it's scary to think that the people who are in charge of keeping us safe had their vacation responders on as the world was crumbling like that. And it's not a, I mean, it's outside of incompetence, right? It's like it just. These are, it's not a small mistake. I mean, these are American lives. It's, it's not even just American lives, right? It's, it's, you know, Afghan lives of people who are, who have fought side by side with us for 20 years, who have basically risked, and, and now their, their safety's at risk, right? If you were part of this, like, they might come to your door and kill you. Can you it's imagine? It's a really sad situation. I think part of it is, I don't, I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer either. I just know that this was awful. And, and, and I think it became, it became worse because President Biden said all these things that turned out to not be true. He was not prepared for this. I don't know what the internal discussion was, but he did not expect this to happen, which does not look good on him. And it's a um, it's just a sad humanitarian situation. I hope that it can somehow, you know, uh, obviously the Taliban taking over is a really bad thing for, for yeah. society. And, and, and I just think like, work. imagine if you were the father of a kid that died over there in the last 20 years. And now- all of this, it's like we've regressed again, all this way back. And for what? And so I hope that something happens. I don't think there was enough stabilization in the area to pull out as quickly as we did. I'm not going to make the argument for or against leaving. That's not my place. But I do think just as someone watching this, there had to be a better way to do this. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we should have left. I mean, I, I think it was a pretty, to me, it was a pretty bipartisan sense. I mean, sure. Donald Trump said we should leave. And it is kind of crazy. I feel like that the left's trying to pin blame on him. Like, look, you can't blame him for everything yeah. just because he wanted to pull out. Like, it wasn't, this is not how he would have done it. I guarantee it. And I'm not defending him. I don't know what he would have done. But you can't say, oh, he wanted to pull it. Like, everyone, like almost everyone, everyone wanted that. It's just the way that you did it. It's like, yeah, I mean, I want to go like it, it, it is not a fair. They're trying to move the goalpost to make the argument different because they can't win on this argument that it was done so incompetently. And it was and obviously that's going to get American lives killed. It's going to get Afghan lives killed. It's going to get how many lives in between and what other countries that people were there killed. So it's a it's a really heartbreaking situation. And I hope there can be some resolution. I don't know what it is. And, and obviously we're already down this path. You can't go back. So what is the solution now? We're just going to hope and pray that all the Americans are safe and that women and children's lives are spared. I mean, 
that's that's all I can think of. Like when the Taliban comes rolling in and wants to kill women and children, like get them out of there, man. We got it's we got to figure it's out. Hard, it's hard to like put yourself in that situation. How awful it is, and like to talk about yeah, knocking for you know twelve year old girls and making sex slaves. Like it is just it it really is heartbreaking. And yes, outside of all the, I mean, I think Biden's going to pay. You know, I mean, I think I think the approval ratings already have paid decision but we now need to figure out what the next step is like that's done and what how is he going to try in some way to fix this is there a way and i think that's something that everyone is worried about now because seeing the, that footage is it really is like seeing the afghans you know holding on to planes and stuff it, it is a heartbreaking situation you're just kind of leaving them kind of feeding them to the wolves it seems like yes and they've they've grounded all flights in and out of their capital so all of these people who are trying to get out I mean, how, how are they going to leave? So there's, it's a dire situation. And I think that, I think that a lot of people are, my hope is that the administration is as set on getting people out and less on PR that, you know, that's, that's my hope. And I don't know. Well, they've done a terrible job with PR. So they can't be focusing on that. That, If they're focused on that, they really need to fire some people. But I mean, the PR disaster, I mean, when you get that swift beat down from liberal outlets and I think like salon, it's like, man, you did something wrong because nobody's defending you. And it was right away too. I know. I know. I, I hope that, I hope that all the congressmen that are sending everyone that they can to get people from their district out are successful. And yeah. there's some type of resolution just to, to calm this down. I, I don't know. I don't know, but it's, it's really awful. And uh, just all I can do from my living room is pray for the women and children over the and the men who are trying to protect them, the Afghan men who are doing the right thing. Um, and that, that's all I got, but yeah, I'm curious to see if there is an outlet. Huh. Let's try to move on to something a little lighter before I sit here and cry again. Um, So Mark and I started last week doing a series on um, places that we like in Tennessee, places that we like to go and eat and drink and hang out when we travel around the state. Uh, We talked about food last week. This week, we're going to talk about hangouts. I'm going to take coffee. He's going to take alcohol because that's just what we're better at. (laughs) Take that for what you will. And um, so Mark, let's start in Knoxville. Where do you like, where's your favorite Knoxville watering hole? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and when, when I I want to talk about how I judge bars, I mean, I like them because like, I like a good selection of beers. I'm going to try new beers. It's not like you know some people go there and get like hammer. That's not what I want to do. I want to try new beers, and I want a cool like you know atmosphere, like a cool place where you know you have it looks cool, it's fun, they have good food that helps. So my Knoxville one is a lot of it is beer based. I think me and you have gone there too, but the Black Horse Pub, which is kind of it's, right downtown, they had so many taps. I tried, and they have a cream ale, which I their cream ale is excellent. It's like the only kind of local cream ale in Tennessee, and it is really great. But it's a cool place to hang out. Their food's good. Um, and I just like you can watch a game there. They have a bar, they have a place to sit. I think we went there as a staff actually had like a staff lunch there. Mark and I went there two days in a row. Well, yeah, it, that's right. It's just a, it's just a really cool place. It's like people are friendly. I like the staff and it's, it's a cool place. So that's my vote for Knoxville. Okay. Knoxville coffee. There's a place called remedy coffee and it's super kind of hipstery. Mark would hate the vibe, but <laughs> I am a very, I'm a critic of two things at coffee shops. I want to know how good your like just regular drip coffee is. And I like a dirty chai latte, which is chai tea and espresso and oat milk. And they are five stars on both. And I had a cinnamon roll there one time that was really good, but I really like their vibe. Their bathrooms are clean, which is crucial for me. (laughs) Lots of windows, but their coffee is very good. It's incredible. Young, like college students working there. Um, It's a, it's, and they're parking, free parking. So I'm just like in on Remedy. 
I think the one point I want to make is I agree with you. And this is one thing I feel a lot of high-end coffee shops don't have that I like is that they're just normal black drip coffee. Isn't that good? It's like, yeah, they might have all these cool things and they might have a good latte. But like you should have a solid black. When I go somewhere like your coffee is worse than Dunkin' Donuts by a mile. It's like, and I like Dunkin' Donuts. Like I'm like, but like it should be a good, just a normal black coffee. I think some of them just kind of forego that and make sure they have all these fancy beverages. And that's a real problem I have. Yeah. I can name some names of places where I'll take, I take a sip of the coffee and I'm like, like it's just not good a lot, a lot downtown i can say that yeah we we can leave it at down just we can leave it broad at downtown because i don't want to make any enemies because i still go to these places because they're convenient yeah. but i taste the coffee and i'm like yeah okay yeah. moving uh down a little bit let's go to chattanooga i okay so this is the hardest one there's so many great places in chattanooga and like i kind of realized this that I'm thinking about the places we travel there a lot. I'm trying to think about the places I hang out in. And Chattanooga and Memphis are by far my favorite places for like cool new bars. Of course, I live in Nashville, so it's not. But so Hair of the Dog is a really cool place in Chattanooga. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. It's kind of all, it, it's downtown, but off a little bit. And they, I mean, it was just a cool hangout place. I remember I went there because when I go to these places, I'll go, you know, by myself for a weekend because I'm, um, you know, meeting with media and stuff there. So I'll go there afterwards and I'll have some meetings there. And I really like that. Um, okay. and, and I love cool it. Place. Um, I like the Terminal Brew House. It's a really kind of cool oh. place. It, it's a little bit farther up the downtown area, but they have really good food too. It's, it's just a cool looking place. Um, really good beer selection. And then I think my favorite one, which is kind of like, I think it's, it's a touristy one, but I love the Big River Grill. It's kind of right downtown. It. They have two different bars. They have a bar, they have like a whole restaurant. They have a bar on one side and the bar on the other side. Mm -hmm. And they have really cheap beer that they make themselves. It's it's excellent. They have a, they, they have, and I really, Big River Grill is, their food is good. It's not great, but it's good. But I feel like um, when I tell people, they're like, oh, really? But I love it. I, I think they it's a great hot dogs. They have I'm, hot I, dogs. I've not had their, I don't like hot dogs that much, but I'm talking more like the, the vibe is good. I really like it in there. And I feel like it's a bunch of people like me. It's like not too, because that's another thing at, at my age. I don't want a bar that's too young. I don't want like 22 year old, but it feels like, you know, people live there and tours the mix, but I love the big river grill. So what about, what about, um, so the only coffee place I've ever been in Chattanooga is frothy because I just trust it. It's easy. I know where it is. I can pop. So I drive oh, you, you have to expand. I've I been know. Well, I was there. looking, I was looking at some coffee shops and so it was two cute ones as I was doing research for this, that I will stop at. I'm going to Alabama next weekend and then I'll be going to Alabama a lot for my sister's wedding. So I'm going to make some stops. I'm way to Alabama the next few times but Cadence Coffee and Together Cafe were two that I saw that looked really cute but I'm actually going to talk about um, a tasting experience that I had in Chattanooga that's not really a hangout but if you're in Chattanooga I went and tasted some whiskey at Chattanooga Whiskey once when I was there and they do free tastings you can try all their different things definitely plan to go get a cup of coffee before you try to drive home because they will let you taste everything um, but I went and did it's not really a hang but it's a fun activity in Chattanooga that I did right downtown right around everything um so if you're if you're doing a drinking tour of Chattanooga definitely check that out let, let me since, since apparently you haven't tried as much coffee as I had there a really underrated place there is the City Cafe Diner it's a 24-hour diner it's actually I think it's right in a day's in or next to a day's in and they have excellent pie but they have great coffee it's like it's a real there's not a lot of real diners in Tennessee of what I it's a real diner They're like I live in Pennsylvania New Jersey we have you know one every block City Cafe Diner is excellent they have they have like a million 40 million things on their menu but their coffee is excellent which I'm really surprised and it, it has that like that and they, you know free refills it has that place that you could spend three or four hours just drinking coffee and do, so City Cafe Diner is somewhere you need to go because you get food and a great and great coffee oh and diner sounds like they have bacon there 
They definitely have bacon. What they is have- with me and like hot dogs and bacon today? <laughs> I guess I know what I'm eating for lunch. Yes. Jeez. Um, okay. So you didn't pick out anywhere in Nashville, but I'm going to do my two favorite Nashville places. One is straight up coffee, crema. Mark, I know you love crema. Mm-hmm. And then Americano in Wedgwood, Houston has both coffee and cocktails. And it's a super cool vibe. They have um, a little lounge area. Sometimes they have jazz. They make martini. They do all kinds of cocktails at night. Daytime coffee shop. It really is like everything that I've ever loved. It's super cozy. They have rugs. They have chairs. Mark, if you haven't been there, I know you would love it. And don't even say you wouldn't. It's so cool. I I have been there. I like it. Yep. Okay. I love it. If you want the best of both worlds mine and mark's world of coffee and cocktails definitely try americano it is it is a vibe so let me do i'm actually doing my two fa- it's going to kind of go into a dive bar here i'm gonna do my two favorite bars in nashville and then i'm gonna do the one that's not in nashville so um number one is corner bar corner bar is a great place it's 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 on west end it's like doesn't open up three they have a jukebox it's a dive bar but it is fun it's great and like it is it's really it's just a fun time. They have very basic food, but it's all good. They have like good mozzarella sticks, but they have like, I think dollar 50 Bud Lights. And it like makes, I don't know, it feels like a neighborhood bar. You should go. It is great. There That's is smoky. And, and, and same thing with Beer Cellar. I think you've been there maybe once, but it's with downtown. Yeah. Beer Cellar is so fun. Again, they have games, jukebox. That's what I like also in a bar. Like I want a jukebox and games. That's a fun thing. Cause like you can go to your friends, you can do other things. So both those things happen. And then my other, this one's way off the map. It's even actually hard to find, but the office lounge in Jackson, Tennessee, a real dive bar, but very fun. I, I think it only has like a three out of like, not a great Yelp rating, but very fun. Me and Sam went there before. Like, so every time I go to Jackson, I go to the office lounge. It's just a great time. That is so funny. I, I love it. Yeah, and then all three dive bars, different levels of that, but like they're mostly clean dive bars, which is what I like. It's got the divey feel, but they're but they're clean and there's not like food everywhere and you know cigarette stains on on the chairs and everything. I, I love that. Okay, well then let's keep moving west. What you got yeah. in, in Memphis to finish us off? Oh yeah, Memphis. I mean, so I, the rendezvous we talked about them. They have a great bar though. I mean, I know they're known for their barbecue. Um, and then like the two kind of more die Silky and Sullivan's right downtown. Great place to go right before a Grizzlies game. It's fun. <laughs> they have a nice outdoor area. Uh, they have their own red ale. I love so Silky and is wonderful. And then Huey's, which Huey's just a, a, a classic been there forever. Again, kind of a divey bar, good food, good burgers. Um, right off it, it's on the off Beale Street in downtown Memphis. So those are, those are my places. And I haven't really gone elsewhere like i have I, i've gone to mud island a couple of times i've gone to midtown but i haven't really experienced those so those are my huey's silky o'sullivan's are are definitely my two favorite and the rendezvous is a fun place too well if you've been a longtime listener of the podcast back before the pandemic when we were traveling around and doing stuff we recorded the podcast in memphis one day and we recorded it at this place called lo-fi coffee and i still think about their cold brew I've had a lot of cold brews since then. It's been like a year and a half, but I still think about their cold brew. It was one of the best I've ever had. And I typically don't love cold brew. I like an iced, like milky drink. I don't like black coffee cold. Um, But man, I am still thinking about that. It was so good. And the owner was really nice. And we were talking about how we differ in our political views, but we could agree on like some common sense things like, not mandating a like getting rid of plastic straws, but finding a more degradable plastic alternative for his straws. That's that was important to him, but he 
he totally agreed that Memphis, it was good that Tennessee didn't have mandates that made him do things that cost extra to his business. Anyway, I could talk about it for hours, but it was a great little place. If you're ever there, they have pop-ups all over. Check them out. Lo-Fi Coffee. They are they are the MVP in Memphis. I think that's, I think that's so frustrating when you find something you love so much and you can't get on a daily basis. Like my, my day, it's like, I dream about like a Philadelphia cheesesteak. I dream about oh. spotted cow beer from Wisconsin. Like there's these things, but you can't get them. And it's yeah. frustrating. I mean, now Memphis is a little bit closer, but it's not like you can just go and like get it in 10 minutes. You have to go th- four hours, three hours to get it. So I feel like those are the ones where you know it's good when you think about it when you're not there. I'm like, oh, I'd do anything for that right now. Still thinking about it. Can't wait to go back to Memphis and get another cold brew because they know what they are doing there. Um, last thing before we go, fun topic of the day, band, dead or alive, or artist that you would want to see. Um, you can do one dead, one alive. You can mix it up however you want to have two that you want to see live. First. You need to go first, though. Okay. Like, I need to think about this. So so ones, and they could be dead, they could be alive, but it's like, now, have you, could you have never seen them before? Is that the point? Mine is never seen before. Okay, 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 I'll think then. You okay, know. so Harry Styles, and judge me if you want, but uh, I have heard that his shows are incredible. I love all of his music. I wish that I could have seen One Direction. That would have been wild, but at this point, I'm like, I would give anything to see Harry Styles perform, And the, I, but I don't want to meet him. You don't. Want, you never want to meet your heroes. They might okay. be heroes. So don't want to meet him, but I do want to see him perform. And then my second one is, and this is for my mom, I was raised on Earth, Wind, and Fire. I would love to go to an Earth, Wind, and Fire show. Can you imagine how much fun that would be? Just like groove into Earth, Wind, and Fire, like back in their prime, like back. I, I, love, I love the song Fantasy. I love September. September is okay. my jam. So I would love to see Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay, so I have weird ones. Like, so I'm not really into very old music. I think like the earliest music I like is kind of like 80s stuff. So, so like the one person who I, because I've heard it's a great, just a fun show. And I didn't used to like his music and his newer music I like better, which is kind of the opposite of other people. Kenny Chesney, I've heard is a great show. I've never seen him, but everyone who's seen him, like, man, he is awesome. He's fun. It's a cool show. And I really like his, I'd say the last seven or eight years, his songs have been way better than before, which I think everyone else is kind of the opposite of. No, no. I, that song, Save It for a Rainy Day. Oh, oh, I, oh my gosh, I, I love, love that, that song. song. I know, I know. What what better song when you're feeling down? I thought I, that song is like one of my favorites. I'm surprised that you like it. We never No, I went to the beach after a breakup one time and I remember it came on on the radio and I was being like dramatic, like looking out the window. And I was like, wait, this is, this is it. Like, this is a vibe. Save it for a rainy day, man. Like, anyway. Yeah, it's like, I feel like all these like sad songs, like it makes you feel sad. Like, that's like a song, like you can feel sad, but like be happy. You can, you can feel happy, sad a different man. day. Enjoy the sun, enjoy the, like, enjoy everything. Um, yeah, so he's really the only one I can think of. I mean, I think Billy Joel is another one. I like Billy Ugh. Joel, I've never seen him. Um, I like a lot of his music. And again, another guy who apparently puts on a great show. My mom went and saw, my parents saw Billy Joel and Elton John do dueling pianos when I was a little wow. girl. And she said that poor Billy Joel was like when he was an alcoholic. And she was like, man, he can't keep up with Elton when he's raging all the time. But I would love to see him. I feel like he's kind of cleaned up his act a little bit. So I would love to see him now. That would be incredible. Yeah, that is something. Um, well, hopefully we can make our uh, wishes come true and we'll, we'll uh, post another video of our favorite hangouts. You can keep it in your brain. But Otherwise, scroll around, read some of the stuff we got going on on our website this week. It's, it's popping today. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Have a great week.